0: Good morning Form 4s. Today is day 6. It's that day when I have a clash with upper 6s. So we're going to make use of this podcast for our lesson so that I can be with the upper 6s at the same time. Okay. Right. That doesn't mean that you should push the work to later on. I expect you to work between 7.30 and 8.30. Okay. Right. For today's lesson, we're talking about the impact of the Treaty of Versailles on the Weimar Republic, okay. You should have received your scripts back and I'd like to say that you did really really well on those source-based questions. You were able to assess and tell to what extent the Weimar Republic was responsible uh, for the signing of the Treaty of Vassal. Some people argued that the Weimar Republic was actually guilty because even though the responsibility of accepting defeat was transferred to them by the Kaeza, they didn't do much to try and map a new way forward. They simply accepted the verdict of the victorious powers without trying to challenge it in any way. This is the reason why the Weimar Republic was later known as, you know, these individuals, these November criminals, because they had agreed to a settlement that was disastrous to, to Germany. Right. So I don't know. It's up to you. You can argue it both ways, but I feel like uh, the Weimar Republic had very little choice. They wanted to be cooperative. Uh, with the victorious powers, and they also uh, wanted to end the dread of World War One. Too many people had been killed, and obviously it was a point in history where the world had to move forward. Okay, so uh, with a forward uh, perspective, a forward thinking kind of mentality, uh, these guys from the from the Weimar Republic then decided to accept the humiliating terms of the Treaty of Versailles. Now, there were so many reactions to this all over Germany. We've already discovered how uh, members of the armed forces were appalled by this. They were not happy because they had given four years of their lives fighting in the trenches and they were not ready to give up. And they also felt that this This peace had been forced upon Germany with very ridiculous terms, which they also felt that the government should not have agreed to. So when we started the topic in 1919, we saw that there were protests and strikes all over Germany in reaction to the armistice, the army and all the people in the military sect. We're not happy with how the peace was being concluded. Right, so for today's lesson, we are on page 193, and your subheading says, What was the impact of the Treaty of Versailles on the Republic? Okay, and we want to assess how the Weimar Republic was doing in its early days of being formed. And we said Eckbert was trying his very best to make sure that he was doing the right thing, that he was consulting with members of the government, and that he was listening to the different views of the people of of Germany. But as soon as he had agreed to sign the Treaty of Versailles, there was a serious backlash, okay. For example, some of the terms had a direct impact on certain members of the society. If you look at the disarmament terms of the Treaty of Versailles, these terms spoke about the reduction of the German army in order to prevent any future aggression. And you remember that the German army was reduced to 100,000 troops only. Right this had very serious implications for Germany for one thing in terms of security a great country like Germany could not protect herself with only 100,000 troops and also it meant that um the rest of the german army would have to be discharged or would have to be retired because the, their services were no longer required it means these soldiers would go back home unemployed with no social security and no plan as to what they were going to do with their lives. Okay, this was the fate of many soldiers uh, like these ones that we called the free corps, these ex-soldiers who couldn't be employed and couldn't be integrated into the military system and started, you know, Uh, living as freelance soldiers out there in Germany. Okay, so many soldiers resorted to joining the free corps. The challenge with this is that the free corps really couldn't be controlled. Their numbers were not known and they reported to no one but themselves. So they were a very dangerous group, as it were, to have around, uh, roaming around the streets of Germany. They were also armed, and you remember how the free corps had dealt with the Spartacist rising. Okay, although they had assisted Egbert, but at the end of the day, this group was getting too large. Right, so if you follow the passage properly, you'll find that uh, the victorious powers raised some concerns. About the growing numbers of the Free Corps, because to them they considered the Free Corps as an extension of the army. Okay, so they uh, reached out to the German leaders, to Egbert, to say you need to do something about the Free Corps because their numbers are getting too large. It means, in real terms, Germany has not disarmed because they have kept. Um, you know, a military wing of free corps operating within, within Germany. You can imagine um, the reactions of Germans to this. Uh, It's not just about them being dictated to and told to stand down, but it was also a sense of loss of independence, the power to make decisions it seemed as if the Weimar Republic was now subservient to these victorious powers and would do their every bid, no matter how ridiculous it actually sounded. Right, so there were many uprisings coming from the Free Corps to challenge the terms of the Treaty of Versailles. And the one that is listed there is the Cap Push, okay? And the Cap Push almost uh, overthrew the Weimar Republic. Right, then we move on to page 194, and we are looking at the other terms of the Treaty of Versailles, the ones that had to do with reparations and the territorial terms, the territorial adjustments. You remember that Germany lost so many productive areas, including Alsace and Lorraine, the Saar region, the Polish corridor, Uh, Eastern Prussia, some places went to Czechoslovakia. And, you know, the connection, the Anschluss between Germany and Austria was also forbidden. This had very serious implications for Germany economically because all these places had supported the German economy in one way or the other. If you look at the issue of the Saar region, Germany was supposed to ship coal coal. To Belgium and France for 15 years okay as part of the war debt as part of the reparations payment on top of that Germany was supposed to pay 6.6 billion pounds to the victorious powers as part of the damages for the war and this was a ridiculous amount of money because this kind of money in 1919 didn't even exist. Okay. And Germany did not have the capacity, uh, to pay this kind of money. So, you know, the German economy immediately crashed. Okay. Within months of signing the treaty of Versailles, the German economy was destroyed and the characteristics of a failing economy that could be seen was the closure of industries, the closure of banks, unemployment, Low standards of living, crime, and, you know, the whole deal, basically. Inflation, these are some of the symptoms that started to reveal themselves in the economy, okay? And, you know, Germany was really struggling to support its population and at the same time meet their obligations uh, as stated in the Treaty of Versailles. So in 1922, when Germany failed to pay an installment, you know, you remember how Clemenceau was so heartless during the peace treaties. He really wanted to bleed Germany dry. He decided that, you know, uh, the Germans were just not serious enough and that they were not trying enough to raise the money. Okay, so Belgium and France together Uh, decided to then occupy a city of Germany called Ruhr. okay, in 1923. Right, and this was a very uh, dramatic move by both France and Belgium, because it means it made the relations between them and Germany very, very tense. Germany had already agreed to a very harsh settlement, and here they were pushing it and pushing it without trying to investigate as to why Germany had failed to pay. So naturally, the German government encouraged its own citizens that were employed in that region uh, not to work for the Belgian authorities, not to work for the French authorities who owned mines in those regions. They just told them, okay, they have occupied this region. Just don't show up to work. Just don't, don't, you know, don't mind the coal. Leave them like that. And, um you know, the the, the Belgians and the French responded very, very harshly by completely taking over the rare region and removing more than 100,000 Germans from that place. So essentially it means they invaded, they took over the Ruhr region as collateral to say, you have failed to pay the installments. Therefore, we are taking a city, which was, you know, this wasn't stated even in the Treaty of Versailles. This was never part of the agreement to say if Germany fails to pay, then this should be done. So this was really, really unfair. Because after the invasion of Ruhr, the German economy further crashed immediately. The economy started showing worse symptoms of collapse. The inflation became worse. The unemployment became worse. And many Germans started to grumble against the Weimar Republic. To them, it was a sign that their government was failing Why is it that the victorious powers were being allowed to do whatever they wanted in Germany when Germany was being constitutionally run and had its own president? Why were decisions being made from a different platform and not from a German platform? These are the kinds of questions that Germans were starting to have regarding the Weimar Republic. It's very unfortunate that the Weimar Republic was getting blamed uh, for all these things and even the actions of of, um, Belgium and France and Britain who watched and did nothing. But I I would like to believe that um, the Weimar Republic was faced with a very, very difficult situation. They couldn't afford to push Germany into another world war. So they had to comply even with the most difficult terms. Okay, right. So you can read some more on that on page 194. There are two uh, sources that are given there, two pictures which I'd like you to just have a look at and study. We do have a paper in our final examination that requires us to analyze some sources. So I'd like us to start getting used to the idea of interpreting information that is given in a picture or a passage, okay? Right, so for today's lesson, I think that is that. I will send you notes on this section in our next lesson and hopefully we can have a Zoom lesson after that and try to just iron things out from there, okay? I hope everything is clear. Have a great day and bye-bye.